The Heat have won two straight games without their starting guard, Kyle Lowry, who's expected to miss even more time. Is it possible that Lowry remains out of Miami's rotations moving forward? Plus, with some players entering the buyout market, we go over our big board of potential additions. And with Miami's lack of changes in the offseason and trade deadline, has Pat Riley lost his touch with today's players? We break it all down on today's Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg here with David Lamille, and however you might be tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcast, thank you for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNBA. We've got our buyout big board and a conversation about Pat Riley's plan for the team going forward in a minute. But let's start with the Kyle Lowry situation. Uh, a lot to dive into here, David, because Kyle Lowry, as we know, has been, has been out for the last three games, gave Vincent starting in his place. Um, but it seems now that Kyle Lowry's absence, which was recently uh, expected to just be these three games, could last much longer, not just past the All-Star break, but perhaps for several weeks. Uh, credit to Ethan Skolnick, kind of the first one on this, saying that past the trade deadline, Kyle Lowry might not be with the team as much as he was before the trade deadline. Ira Winderman from the Sun Sentinel reporting today that this absence could be at least three weeks long. Um, the knee issue is what is on the injury report, David, but I think it is fair to wonder if there's more to this, right? A sore knee doesn't usually lead to weeks and weeks of being away from the team. Kyle Lowry's not been at the arena for these home games. Um, I think that is at least something worth keeping an eye on. And like I said, I was told by somebody in the league that look, looks at the Kyle Lowry and Miami Heat situation just sort of independently um, removed from the situation, no vested interest, and says he that, you know, a change of scenery could have been good for both sides going into the trade deadline. But the fact of the matter is the Heat couldn't get a deal done. They were pretty aggressive and open, as open as we've seen them shop a player in recent memory. Um, and that's that was their approach to Kyle Lowry. You've got to imagine Lowry is a proud player, uh, a borderline Hall of Famer in the future. Probably didn't love that, right? Even though he was very professional when asked about it and all these things. But um, now with Kyle Lowry out and, and the potential for this to last a while, uh, it does it does. Uh, prompt some questions about what the Heat do at the point guard situation beyond uh, Gabe Vincent, who has stepped up pretty nicely over the last three games. I think the three weeks discussion or reporting, if you will, is a little overblown because he's already missed a week. The Heat have two more games before the All-Star break, Monday night against the Denver Nuggets and Wednesday versus the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. And then they're off for another week plus until they take on the Milwaukee Bucks the following Friday. So that would encapsulate the three weeks already. So I, I'm reading in between the lines here and assuming that when the team says he might be out for three weeks or when Ira Winderman says he might be out for three weeks, that's the three weeks we're talking about. I don't know if he's going to be gone beyond that Milwaukee Bucks game. The original reporting on the Lowry situation when he was first injured and said that he would be missing a handful of games because of the lingering knee issues was that they would reevaluate him this week. Yeah. So theoretically, I don't think he's listed as out determinedly yet 
for the Denver Nuggets game, I guess there's the possibility he could come back. But that doesn't make any sense. He's older. He hasn't been playing well. He's probably got some lingering health issue and the personal issues that continue to crop up uh, from time to time. So I, I don't, you know, we're kind of looking at this and I think there's a lot of wishful thinking. I think there's also some flame fanning here on the parts of local media, uh, realizing that one, Lowry has fallen out of favor with a fan base and perhaps even with a front office. And I, I think that's partly what it is. I, I, I don't, I can't imagine this team like, they kept Duncan Robinson around, even when he was out of the rotation. They kept Dwayne Dedman, who basically burnt his bridge. And they even played him during that stretch, mostly because of an injury to Orlando Robinson. And they needed somebody to go to Udonis Haslam away for the team and not really a viable function. But I don't think they're going to just banish Kyle Lowry. That's what it looks like, right? Thank On the surface, they, he's not I, available. Anymore. I do wonder who's sort of – is it a banishment or is it a self-imposed exile on Kyle Lowry's part? Because Dwayne Dedman kind of knew what was going on. They – and Duncan Robinson got the big contract. So why show up though? Like why why show up if you're Dwayne and and, and it's like you know you're gonna get traded. The Heat's told you, look, we're working out whatever deal we can. We'll find a taker plus a pick yeah, yeah. in order to move your contract. You'll be a buyout, etc. Why show up? Like if well, he's like, oh okay, I'm not gonna play. Well, I I understand that. I get it. But after the trade line deadline, he did not show up, and and this is sort of the the speculation around it is that he might not show up. Why show up? You're on the roster. You are still a key part of this team, even if you weren't as big of a key part of this team as maybe a lot of people expected and anticipated and hoped that you would be. But you're still the team's starting point guard, as far as we know. Like, Gabe Vincent hasn't taken the job. He hasn't, you know, he's just right now filling in with with Larry Hurt. So um, that's why. I, I do wonder, though, if he does. Like, is, does, is there a pride factor here, right? Is there... It, like I said, the Heat don't openly shop guys the way that they openly shopped Kyle Lowry, and that to me was 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 pretty interesting. And 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 if Kyle Lowry's upset, there's a I lot of it, you know. Yeah, I, I just you know I think they're not showing up to games. You know, we're, we we kind of read into this. Giannis misses a game; he doesn't necessarily show up to the, you know this whatever like left third arena or whatever wherever they play. You know, LeBron misses a game; he might not necessarily be on there on the sideline. Jimmy has missed time. You know, that game that he missed unexpectedly due to that back issue that cropped up right before halftime, and of course, then he was pilloried by media because that fan had traveled eighty five thousand miles or whatever right. it was to try to see him. Uh, you know, I don't. You know, look. Let's say. Let's say he does have a knee issue, and maybe he's just rehabbing it elsewhere. Yeah, he's that's a Philadelphia it, guy. You usually, a, usually get that kind of treatment at the at the arena. Yeah, but he's a veteran too. He's thirty seven. It's like you know, almost thirty seven. There's no need to show up to the workplace just to get the work done. Yeah, I mean, he, you he, know, he, the he, he probably trusts him outside the facility. I get it, but I don't know. I look. You're right. I don't want to fan flames, and I don't want to get too involved in the speculation. But I do think it is fair to wonder how Kyle Lowry plays into things going forward, especially with Gabe Vincent playing well, right? So we can have that conversation yeah. too. These last three games, this is what Gabe Vincent is averaging uh, as the starting point guard: fourteen points per game on thirty-eight point seven percent shooting, uh, almost thirty-five percent from three-point range. On my favorite stat: seven point seven three-point field goal attempts a game. That's great. You like to see him just putting the shots up. Three rebounds, three assists, 1.3 steals. Um, and he, the, the Heat have outscored their opponents by 5.7 points on average per game when Gabe Vincent is on the court. He was huge in that uh, on Saturday night's win against the Orlando Magic, that overtime win, 20 points on 6 of 12 shooting, 4 of 10 from three-point range. Um, Gabe Vincent has made a case here that because of his willingness to shoot the ball, 
he is a good on-ball defender. He meshes well with Bam and Tyler Hero, and he's been around, right? Like, just because he hasn't been the starter, yeah. Bam said this the other night, like, we play with him all the time, even if he's not starting point guard. So the chemistry is already there. Um, it is fair to wonder if Kyle Lowry's injuries are going to linger and if he's going to be in and out of the lineup or, you know, depending on what this evaluation looks like, is there a case to have Gabe Vincent elevated to the starting point guard spot and then Kyle Lowry comes off the bench when he's available? We talked about this recently. I still don't see it. I don't think that's changed. And I will offer a shred of optimism here, which I know a lot of Heat fans don't want to hear because they were just so completely invested in his trade that didn't manifest over the last few weeks. What if this is just a, a period of time where Kyle can reset mentally, physically, whatever, get back healthy, and then contribute for the last half of the season and be the factor that you and I both believe he's capable of being? Revert back to his defensive stalwart nature, run the offense, figure out his role, shoot better, whatever it takes. Maybe this lingering knee issue is partly what's impacted his shooting touch and things of that sort, which we all discussed. Well, I, I think you're length. absolutely right. And and he had that great stretch in December that people tend to forget about uh, where the, yeah. we're dealing with a bunch of injuries and, and he lifted, carried them, carried that offense and carried them to some really important wins. Um, and, I, I think you're. I think you nailed it, and I think that's probably ultimately why this absence is going to stretch a little bit longer. Not only because Gabe Vincent has stepped up, and, and yep. there's not much of a drop off right now based on how Lowry was playing and how Gabe Vincent is playing now. If a drop, if anything, it's been an improvement, quite frankly. But if <laughs> if Kyle Lowry can get healthy and get refreshed, let's. He was what third in the league in minutes played at one point through the first half of the season. First, or was he, yeah. I mean, he was, I mean, he's been up there for a very long time. And so, yeah, there, there was wear and tear. And, and look, that's we knew it. It was happening, and we're like, this is going to work. The shoe is going to drop on this. As much as Kyle Lowry yep. playing well in December, this the shoe, the other shoe is going to drop. And then it did. And then everybody freaked right. out. So the other part of this, too, is give Kyle Lowry some time off. Let Gabe Vincent play in the starting group. Figure out some other things. Hopefully get Victor Oladipo back soon, which it sounds like he will. He could be potentially back before the All-Star break uh, this week. Um and, and then you have enough guards and ball handlers to kind of piecemeal, you know, that that spot together. And then you get Kyle Lowry back for the for the playoff stretch after the All-Star break. And then maybe he plays well. And then maybe he's playing well into the postseason. And then his value is much higher than where it was prior to the mm-hmm. trade deadline. And maybe you have an easier time trading Kyle Lowry if you still want to move on during the offseason when he's got one just one year left on his contract and maybe coming off of a much better stretch than how he's playing basically the month, month and a half leading up to the trade deadline. So that's where the Heat are at now. Um, They're also in a situation where they have an open roster spot. It will be two open roster spots as soon as Jamari Bouye's uh, 10-day contract expires. The Heat are going to do something. They're going to add somebody out of the buyout market. We're already seeing people get plucked up. What does this mean for the Miami Heat, and where do they go next? We'll tell you who we think the Heat should grab in the buyout free agency. But first, David, tell listeners about our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 depends on the team members you surround yourself with, and that's why you've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open jobs with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract Qualified candidates, your open jobs with targeting tools that go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, your company, and their 875 million member profiles. 
to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you to find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Thank you for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. We're also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so please do subscribe. Uh, we're going to talk about Pat Riley's approach to um, getting his next star and the problem that he's going to be facing here in a minute. But let's get to the uh, buyout market. We've got some updates since we last discussed it, David. We've got people like Terrence Ross, who I think was in the top of our list or near the top of our list and most Heat fans list. Looks like he's going to be signing with the Phoenix Suns. Reggie Jackson was a guy, the point guard that was traded from the Clippers to the Hornets and then waived. Um, he was a guy some Heat fans were interested in. He's going to Denver. Um, so good pickups for those two teams who are contenders in the West, you know, top teams in the Western Conference, maybe the entire NBA. Uh, but there's still some other names out there. Danny Green recently bought out, but recent reporting tying him to perhaps the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Celtics, the Lakers. Seems like, that's why I think Woj's latest report is that he's uh, agreed to terms with the Cavaliers. Okay, so that's, that's the right. latest development there. That's a nice that's a nice pickup for the Cavs, who obviously are right there. That's where it all started for him, right? Yeah. He was a, a bench warmer in Cleveland, and then he, he broke out, joined the, Ca- the Spurs, of course, as, as many Heat fans unfortunately remember. Uh-huh. And uh, he's going back home, I guess. Uh- <laughs> Good pickup for them. He's a guy that can play that small forward spot and actually defend on the wing, at least theoretically. I know he's getting up there in age, but it's also a big deal because the Cavaliers and the Heat are right there in the Eastern Conference standings. So this is another pickup by uh, an Eastern Conference rival right now of the Heat. And the Heat are sitting here having not really picked up anybody. And look, you know, it's it's only been a couple of days. It doesn't mean anything. But I wanted to just kind of go through our big board, so to speak, on the buyout market. I'm including guys right now on my and, and that on my big board that we know are either already waived or probably going to be waived. And then I've got sort of a speculative list that I'll get to here in a second. Like I'm keeping an eye on type of list. Okay. And and the Heat are in an interesting position because they have two open roster spots. No offense to Jamari Bouye, but we know you know he, that ten day contract is going to expire, and they're going to look for more veteran help there. So for all intents and purposes, they've got two open roster spots. They can use one of them. And then just let some of these other situations play out, right? So we'll get to that one in here in a second. But in terms of the guys who we are already free agents or we expect to be free agents, number one on my list was Danny Green before all the reporting came out. So that's a little bit of a bummer there. But um, after him, I've got Nerlens Noel. He has not officially been waived yet, but every you know all the signs are pointing to him. I think the Pistons are sort of waiting for this James Wiseman, Gary Payton situation, very strange situation to play out. Once this kind of all gets figured out, they're probably going to end up buying out Nerlens Noel. Is he a perfect player? No. Um, but he's super athletic. He's a good rim protector. I don't think you could play him and Bam next to each other because there's no shooting between those two guys. But in terms of a backup center, he gives you a lob threat. He's a real. He's a he's a veteran, proven rim protector, and a guy that I think that he could trust in the playoffs to play those backup minutes behind Bam Adebayo. Mm. But right now, he'd be at the top of my list. It's an option. I just I can't see the fit necessarily. Um, the backup center spot isn't going to be asked to do a lot. Pull down rebounds, get the occasional putback. Um, yeah, you know, not space the floor. Obviously, that's. I'm sorry. That's what he does. He's good at that. I, I suppose. I suppose. I I don't know that he's significantly better at it than Omer Yurtsevin, who's already on the roster. So well, I I don't necessarily. 
that's that's a fair point. Like, but they got to figure out what Omer looks like coming back from this injury. That's really if, no, yeah. if he looks good, yeah. then then yeah, this becomes less of a need. But I still think that there's something to be said about having Nerlens Noel or as at least another option back there, given that Omer has been. This is an ankle injury, right? Like you never know that thing can flare up again, and then and then you've only got Orlando Robinson on that two way contract, who's always an option. But um, I, I wouldn't mind having even Nerlens Noel as a as another option, even if Omer Yurtsevin isn't healthy and available. That's fair. I I, I don't know that. I'd trust Noel either like I mean his career has been so shaky he's been on so many teams and I just don't know if he is that type of player that you can count on for a playoff stretch it's not a knock on him necessarily it's just I don't I don't see the fit I don't think he's going to be as impactful as we well, might who's like number one on your but it, I, I don't know that I've got a number one to be honest like I think again I, I've mentioned before not a player who has been bought out if if Kevin Love is bought out and there's no reason why he would consider Miami first and his, uh, you know, yeah. whatever his intentions I, I, I are to sign. I took him off the list because all the reporting sounds like he's going to be staying in Cleveland right now. That's fair. Reporting today. That's fair. Also, I should mention, we, you and I discussed Kelly Olenek in depth um, immediately after the trade deadline. After the trade deadline. Um, and that was, that was I, I, I thought he was on an expiring contract. That's my bad. I, I didn't, there's no chance he gets bought out. He's got another year on his contract after this one. The Jazz are not going to buy him out. Right. So that was that he's was, not going to take that yeah, cut. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that doesn't even. Why would the Jazz do that? They could that young season for five second round picks because that's the going price for players now apparently. But I like that young. That um, young you know, is per... an interesting option. I've got my eye on him. I don't know that he's going to get bought out though. Yeah, I don't know what Toronto's long-term goals. I don't know that Toronto knows what long-term goals are, you know, or short-term. Given the acquisition of Jakob Pertl, there's less of a need for that on that team. Uh, and he's still active in terms of deflections. Like, he fits Miami's overall idea and concept. I thought he was a, a shoe-in for Miami to add when he was with the Spurs before joining yeah. the the Raptors. Yeah. Uh, again, another proven veteran, a guy who's connected to Miami through his he, term in Indiana. If, if he gets bought out, I he's, at, like, he's second on my keep an eye on list. Like second, okay. keep, Number one is Seth Curry. There's been a little bit of speculation about yes. are, are the Brooklyn Nets going to buy yes. him out. I don't think that they're going to just buy him out. I kind of feel like they're just like, you know what, we're done. Like, let's just kind of have this roster and move on. We're 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 done with. He'd have to request it. He would have to request it, and if he does, like, boom, that's a forty-three percent career three-point shooter, elite, elite, top one percent in the league three-point shooter. What are the Heat terrible at three-point shooting? Get Seth Curry, and then you got a three-point shooter. Um, But Stanley Johnson just got bought out. Stanley Johnson is a player, sure. Project. He 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 seems to fit like the same kind of. Model that Miami's done the past, getting Omer Yurtseven and others like signing him or yeah, Kendrick Nunn, like get him on the last day or last I, month I, of I the like season or whatever. Last year, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a starter. He's strong. Complimentary. Um, can I throw one other name at you? Absolutely. Our old friend James Johnson, powerful, powerful belt reigning champ. James Johnson recently waived by the Pacers. <laughs> he's not the player that he was even then, right? And that, we're not that, we're not talking about much right now, but he's a big guy. He can shoot the three sometimes. Um, you know, I, he's just like, look, this is the buyout options, right? Like Kevin Durant isn't getting bought out. Like this is what we're talking about. But right. That's a name. Right. I would prefer James Johnson probably over Serge Ibaka at this point. I think Serge Ibaka yes, is like a fringe third center maybe. Like I think with Ibaka, you're kind of facing like a Dwayne Dedman kind of situation. It's like, are you going to be healthy? We don't even know. 
Um, I, don't, I don't. Can you can you bring in these players or can I mean is it in, viewed as insulting? I don't even know the protocol on this. Like to bring them in for a workout and just see if what you've got left to offer before we offer you a contract. I mean, or is it more like we're we're vying for your services? We're hoping that you'll. It's sign like a beggars can't be choosers kind of thing. Like if they say, "Hey, do you want to come work out?" and they say no, they're like, "All right, then we're not signing you." You know. <laughs> yeah. I, can I ask a question here? What is the intention or obsession? with some Heat fans regarding Will the Thrill Barton. Like, I like Barton personally. Uh, at the same time, I just, you know, he wore out his welcome in Denver. He wasn't a factor in Washington. Weird, is he really going to put that much pressure on the room? Weird comments about, well, not, not, not really about Will Barton, but when you read between the lines of, like, Denver at the beginning of the year, people were like, what changed? And they're like, oh, the vibes in the locker room are much better than they were last year. And they weren't saying because of Will Barton. But, you know, like – it doesn't kind of sort of yeah you know like, who's not there anymore you know it just doesn't take it, it doesn't take that much of a leap to figure it out um his three-point shooting has fallen off his two-point shooting has completely fallen off like he's like in the 30 percents i think right now from two-pointers which is not good um defensively he's got he's rangy but he's never been as good as people think he is defensively no he's he's long and that counts for something but like he's not like a three i he's He's somebody who people who don't watch him think is a 3 and D player, but he's not really that good of a three-point shooter. He's not that good of a defensive player. He's just a, a long guy that's been in the league for a while. He's on my list of guys I'm keeping an eye on, but yeah. he's at the very bottom. Like, to me, a guy like Justin Holiday, who just got traded to Houston, if they wanted to buy him out, he's a vet. He's an actual 3 and D guy who's a great lot. Everybody loves every Holiday brother, and he's one of them. And in the locker room, he'd be a great presence. That's a guy who I think would be a great fit for the Heat and a lot of teams. Can I throw one? All right. I got actually two more names at you that I'll throw at you. Bryn Forbes. I know he can't do anything, but he is a three-point shooter. And like I said, we're bargain bin hunting right now. And if you're looking to fill a need and you're just in a desperate need of a three-pointer, and you got Bryn Forbes as the 15th man on your bench, you could do worse. Um, Good locker room guy, everything like that, been around. The other one is I don't have Russell Westbrook on my list, and I'm, I'm sure you don't either. And, and it does not look – and the latest reporting about around Westbrook is that um, Paul George on the Clippers was sort of pushing for it. And now Westbrook, the reporting around him, is that he's going to take some time to figure out what he wants to do. And the yeah. Jazz have not even bought him out yet, right? Like they could just leave him on yeah. the roster until – he, he may want to stay and keep his contract too. Exactly. Like that's, like it, the that's the other people forget about that. Usually you have to give up some money for the buyout to work. And usually it's just a, a – the money just ends up being what you're going to get from the other team, and so you kind of negotiate that ahead of time, and then you get bought out, and then you get the money back. So you're basically back, like you're you're flush at the end of it. But even. if that doesn't happen for Russell Westbrook, anyway. So I don't have him on my list. I do have John Wall, and I have him at the very bottom of my list. But if Kyle Lowry is going to be out for a while, and you're looking for some backup yeah. point guard help, I would prefer John Wall over Russell Westbrook. I don't love it, but again, I find me the the veteran point guard that's available, and if you need one. That would be the one. I am more in the line of go get size and three-point shooting first and foremost. But as we're seeing here with guys like Danny Green and Terrence Ross, if they go somewhere else and you're just sort of left here looking for something, John Wall's on my list, yeah. but he's on the bottom of my list. And I wouldn't hate it if the Heat brought him in just to play some backup point guard bats. If you need, if you have to fill one of these spots and you need a backup point guard because of something going on with Kyle Lowry. Um, the numbers are the numbers are comparable to Westbrook, and, and like everything ties to Wall. And the, his, look, Westbrook hasn't been injured; he's just been not as effective. Yeah. And, and look, I hate knocking on older players, as you well know. 
And yet that's the reality of who he is. Westbrook, the person might be fine. Westbrook, the locker room person might be fine. It's just Westbrook, the on-court player that is no longer it is a distraction. It's kind of like the Tim Tebow thing. It's like you bring him in and then there's like, what What do you expect of this guy? Is he going to be your savior? It's just like he's an MVP, a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And you're going to basically bring him in to like stuff him on the bench and keep him there. And, it's, and that's the distraction right in a nutshell. You're exactly right. Last, Good point by you. Last guy that I just want to mention because we have to. It's Goran Dragic. It does not look like Chicago is going to buy him out, but if they do buy him out sorry john wall sorry russell westbrook just bringing goran dragic probably vibes uh, baby they're back d wade getting traded for a second round pick all over again (laughs) it's just good vibes all around um all right speaking of uh good vibes all around uh, (laughs) we're gonna go the other other way on this pat riley being accused of many heat fans of being asleep at the wheel losing his fastball and all these things and you and i don't think this to be the case but he did make one crucial mistake in managing this roster. We'll tell you what it is next. But first, David, tell the listeners about our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a bonus bet. Back if your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores as threes drained. You can build your favorite NBA bets for the week. You can bet on how many rebounds Bama to Bio will pull at the All-Star game, how many points Miami will score in their win over the Denver Nuggets. You name it. You could just any player prop you can imagine. That's all it takes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on, that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Reach Locked On Heat on Twitter, Instagram, email us, lockedonheat at gmail.com. All right, let's have this conversation about Pat Riley, David. Um, Mm -hmm. Heat fans accusing him after the trade deadline of being asleep at the wheel. Um, And I get it, I get the frustrations. The Heat are uh, an Eastern Conference playoff team. They were a shot away from making the NBA Finals last year and over the last eight months have not added a single veteran contributor. And Mm -hmm. in an NBA that is always moving forward, especially nowadays, that's bad. And it's bad not because of just fans pining for something more than inactivity. It's bad because the Heat were planning on adding players, right? You look at a contract like Dwayne Dedman the one he signed. He was signed to get traded for a player. Instead, they had to attach a second-round pick to dump his contract. Like, they they wanted to add players. They just couldn't. And then Kevin Durant gets traded. And then, you know, certain fan bases wanted Kyrie Irving. And these stars get moved, and, and, and the Heat are just left without the superstar that they had been pretty openly hoping to, to add to Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And then beyond the superstars... They're not getting the help that they have been out there. They've said, hey, we want to go find more size and, and add more depth in our front court. We need shooting. We need this and that. And they didn't do any of it. Um, and so that is a failure. Um, but I think if we want to go bigger picture, I don't know that it's necessarily Pat Riley being asleep at the wheel. I just think that it, it, this is the price you pay when you make certain moves, when you sign certain contracts that you meant to trade to veterans who didn't deserve them but had bird rights, right? Like, Dwayne Dedman had a good year last year for the Heat. You wanted to bring him back on a minimum, that could have made sense. But because you had his bird rights, you gave him 
a $4.7 million contract that became really hard to trade, right? And if he had a better year, a year that looked more like last year, maybe it's not as hard to trade. If Duncan Robinson has a better year, if Max Struess has a better year, if Kyle Lowry is having a better year, if these injuries aren't piling up, then maybe some of these things are easier to get traded. So some of this is out of Pat Riley's control. That said, in terms of his, and I'm going to go long here, and I'm sorry, I'm already starting to go long, but I just want to kind of get through this. Um, Pat Riley has been out there for the superstar. Kevin Durant put Miami and Phoenix on his list of destinations in July, and all the reporting around it this time around is it was just Phoenix. It was not Miami. And you can understand why. Miami is not as good as they were last year. They're not number one in the Eastern Conference the way they were last year. Pat Riley has never, and I don't know that he's in position now to trade for a superstar. And that's kind of where I'm coming down on this because he was not in on Kevin Durant. He was not in on Kyrie Irving for a lot of reasons, but he wasn't. Um, he wasn't in on a lot, a lot of the last few stars to get moved. And and I, and I was thinking about all the moves that Pat Riley has made for superstars over the years. And this is another reason why fans think that he should be making these superstar deals is because he's always been involved in these superstar acquisitions. But he's never had to trade a haul of picks and young players and assets the way that these super, for a superstar the way that these superstars are getting traded for now right this the the four first round picks and the pick swaps and the one or two good young players he's never had to do that he's never had to do that he had a one for one trade essentially for Alonzo Mourning who became a cornerstone of the franchise he drafts Dwayne Wade great pick but obviously didn't have to trade anything for him he becomes a star he trades what seemed like a really big deal at the time to get Shaquille O'Neal a couple of first-round picks. Lamar Odom had been here for a year. Karan Butler, who was a nice young player. That was a huge deal at the time. But if that Shaq trade were made today, like Shaq was right. Like that was still prime Shaq or at the very tail end of prime Shaq. Um, using the MVP race that but, first year. But that was the equivalent of four first-round yeah, picks because you're talking about a 10th pick in Butler. Yeah. A Lamar Odom Absolutely. was a top-five pick. Time. But it was, but not, not what it – not the stuff we're talking about now. It's still just hard to get to that level of stuff that has to be included in a trade when you're talking about all those picks. And and he didn't have as much as he traded, he didn't have to gut the team. Right? Like that team almost like if Dwayne Wade doesn't get hurt in the playoffs the next year, that team might win the championship that season. You never know, right? He didn't have to gut the team. There was no yeah. immediate it was like, all right, you got Shaq, you got D Wade, and you still had a bunch of players around him. Um LeBron came as a free agent. Jimmy Butler, you Got for nothing. That was a sign and trade, also though. You sent a pick to you said to stick. You had to send again your first round pick one, from a couple years ago. First round pick, and, and that was didn't have to, but you only did that so you can offer him that fifth year, and that was really the only reason why. But it's, if they didn't have that pick, they could have just signed him to a normal four year deal. Like I think he'd get blasted for it. Too. The hall, and then Jimmy Butler. I think he'd get blasted for it. And then and then Jimmy Butler. Um, we already there, there's so yeah, much Josh going around that situation that you basically got him for Josh Richardson or pick, and that was it. So you never, again, never had to trade the four first-round picks, the pick swaps in between, and all this stuff that these franchises, to get Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Kevin Durant, all this stuff, you ha- that's the entry fee. That's just to get to the into the conversation. Pat Riley is always at the table. He's always at the, in the conversation, and he's not anymore because he just doesn't have the assets. Why doesn't he have the assets? Because he did not foresee the superstar inflation price coming, and few people did, Right. And this all feels like it's been happening over the last year, year and a half. But he he did not see it coming, and he was ill prepared to do it. Trading and and and, I, and because he doesn't have the picks, they don't have the picks. All right. Um. I I I gotta I gotta I gotta say something yeah. about this too, because I mean I, I listen. I I think a lot of this is being vastly 
overblown. I, you know, he he's traded those picks, and I maybe you could accuse him of being guilty of not reading the market tea leaves years in advance, where there were reports coming out that some team, Memphis, I believe, was willing to offer four first-round picks for Mikhail Bridges, a fine young player. That three picks for OG Nanunabi, a flawed player. I don't know that anybody could have said, let me start accumulating this yeah. first-round pick so that I can start him. trading just, for role players. I'm just saying. I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying. Like, he, no, but he fans are, and this is a problem. Like, I, I, my, my, my defense of the front office following the trade deadline was that I think this team is fine. I think they tried to make whatever move was possible. And to your point, they just didn't have the assets. I think they'll start accumulating these assets from this point forward because apparently this is, this is just what the market dictates. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's what that's, and, we're saying the same thing. And, and it's just, but uh, like, like fans are blasting. It was like, well, why don't you go and get an enemy? It's like, well, by the same breath, you would hate when an enemy misses a month and a half. They didn't even have the asset to go thumb. get OG and Anobi, people. They didn't even have it. If he was going to go, first of all, not only was assume that they did. Would you want to trade three first yeah, round no. picks for OG? No, I would. I would prefer to trade. Not. Honestly, I would trade. I would prefer to trade four for Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges is a better player, and I don't know why people don't. Know and, and, yes, I, and even that seems like a lot. Did, like I mean, and I know he's he's. They, did. they didn't even trade them, so yeah. the the it would have taken more to actually get Toronto to deal OG Ananobi. if they got a three first round pick and was it Memphis was three first round picks and Zaire. Zaire Williams probably was the probably the trade. Yeah. And they said no to that. So it would have taken more <laughs> to actually get Ananobi. And yeah, no way. He's a flawed, robotic offensive player who is not a good as good of whatever. I don't want to add to the end. We you and I did the Ananobi thing. But to your point, he was not prepared for the superstar or just the trade inflate inflation yeah. that is happening. Inflation. And and now you have to be. Because this is it. There is no more free agency. All these superstars get traded now. There's no more get a meeting, throw the rings on the table. That's what Pat Riley, that's what worked for him in the past. It doesn't work for him anymore. So now he needs to get, he needs to position this franchise to be in position to be able to trade for first round picks for the next superstar. Because that's just what it takes. And I mean a superstar. And you, we don't have to do it again. But you and I don't mean OG Ananobi. We mean a star. And when the next Donovan Mitchell, the next Kevin Durant, like who there probably will now, I don't know if there will be a next Kevin Durant. We're talking about like one of the best yeah. 15 players of all time. But the next superstar player makes sense. You need to be in position to pounce. And the Heat have just not even been in the conversation because they don't have what it takes to even be part of those conversations right now. So I, then I, I will say, I will say, I, look, I, I, you know, the, another thing too is that this roster, as I mentioned after the trade deadline, They've already got their star players, too. Like, we're talking about, or fans in general are talking about, why did they go out and get a star? Well, guess what? Those stars are already in the roster. They're just limited. They're top 20 players it's good. that yeah, don't sure. move the needles offensively. For sure. To the same degree as a Giannis or somebody star. else. But they want another star. So, okay. If you want another star. Those stars aren't available. Right. Well, Those stars aren't available. Well, they were available, is my point. And then you, and you KD and Kyrie. All these players that we're talking about over the last year, these players move, mm -hmm. and there will be another star available, David. Like there always is. This is just how the way the NBA works. And so when that next star becomes available, do you have a chance at that player? And right now the answer is no, you don't. Like you have two first round picks, maybe a third if you lift protections on the OKC pick. And if you if you do that, you've got three first round picks. Who cares? Mikel Bridges and OG Ananobi are going for three first round picks. You want 
You want Donovan Mitchell. You want Kevin Durant. You need more than three first-round picks. And this summer, you don't get another first-round pick because one of the one of those three first-round picks that you are able to trade is the furthest one away in 2029. So when that 2020 when that 2030 pick becomes available, you can't trade that. It doesn't become viable because of the Stepien rule. So you still only have up to three picks if, again, you lift the protections on the OKC pick, which will probably cost you your last second-round pick, which is apparently the hottest commodity in the NBA right now. So right. you have that and... You only have the one good young player in Tyler Hero, and that's it. Because you're not trading Bam, and you're not trading Jimmy, because those are your other two stars. If you want three stars, if you want a new big three, you got to keep the other two in order to form a new big three. So you're not trading Bam, you're not trading Jimmy, if you're trying to create that big three. So Tyler Hero and three first-round picks is nice, but it's not getting you the player you want, probably, especially when there's other teams with all of these assets ready to pounce. So what do you do next? How do you position yourself? if you're Pat Riley and you're the Miami Heat, to make a play for the next superstar that asks to be traded. Well, you can wait it out and just wait for the, stop trading these picks and wait it out and allow these picks to accumulate. The risk of that, though, is now you're letting this Jimmy Butler window completely age out, probably, by the time that that happens. That's not necessarily a problem because you're going to have Bam Adebayo continuing to get better, Tyler Hero continuing to get better, and all these things. And maybe at that point, you're looking for a third star to pair with Tyler and Bam, as opposed to Jimmy and Bam. The other thing, too, is do you explore trading Jimmy and seeing if you can get, like, three first-round picks and all that kind of stuff for him? I'm not advocating for either route, but that kind of feels like it's the only option. Unless you go the other way, and say, you know what, we're not going to superstar chase anymore because we just don't have what it takes. Let's start actually trading these picks and just building around Jimmy and, and Bam and Tyler. And and, and that's it. And, and that's kind of feels like the route that you've been advocating for more because you keep saying this team has enough. Um, and if you do believe, hey, we've got two stars, let's just build around these stars, it's okay. Trade that 2023 pick then. Go get a power forward. Go get a shooter. Go get one, you know, go fill a team need here this off season. And, and if it costs you a 2023 pick, it does. And I, that's probably with the, I, I still don't know that going like that. That's just not, might not be enough even to get that solid role player that actually, you know, takes the heat to the yeah, next level. Like, I, I, like, we'll see how it all shakes out as the playoffs. Like I, yeah, you might be right. Like, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what you're right. And you need five for, you know, look, PJ, PJ Tucker was a pretty inexpensive free agent. You know, we're talking about the next level role player here, Ananabi, you know, Bridges, etc. Like, I, like we're talking about all these players. Like, I mean, again, Kelly Olenek didn't really move the needle for Heat fans while he was here. And Utah, like, where, where is the avenue? Where is the avenue to add these kinds of players? Even the complimentary role player, well, I don't do know do? that there's a lot of them. I, I, I don't know. I think you, you try to and swing for the fences, get somebody on the cheap. Do something there like that, a, that like a high risk kind of variance move, like a not to keep bringing them up, but like a John Collins. Yeah, I, I, I think I don't think that that's a bad move. Like we know that the, he was actively engaged in trade talks. Uh, just you know, they fell through because they couldn't get the package they wanted. I, I think I don't think he'll be happy there, and I wouldn't be surprised to hear the noise out of Atlanta getting even louder I mean, over the off season. The other part of and, the other part of this too is that you. Were the reason you didn't move Kyle Lowry or Duncan Robinson at this deadline the way that they hoped, and they want and that there's tax issues at, at play here that's factoring yes. into Miami's decision making now too, is because teams that you engaged with wanted at least one first round pick. There's some reporting that teams were asking for two second round picks 
for the Heat to, to, to take the Duncan Robinson contract. Well, if you're now using picks to first round picks to dump these contracts, now you're even further hurting yourself in terms of being able to make a suit. You, you literally can't afford it. If you use a first round pick, and that's why the Heat didn't do it, by the way, is because they knew they couldn't afford it. Because if you use a pick to dump these contracts, then you are out of not even just the superstar top tier guys, but now you're out of like the OG and Nunnaby, Mikal Bridges, and, even, and then even less than that. Like you're even out on Kelly Olinick potentially, right? If the Jazz are really steadfast and trying to get a first round pick for Kelly Olinick. So you're out of all of it. You're out of everything. And even if you move those guys off of your books, you're not really a player in free agency beyond like sort of the annual mid level exception because of how far up the Heat are going to be uh, in salary next year when all these extensions kick in. So it's a tough spot. And and they need to figure out where they want to go because if you want to try to make to be a player for a superstar, then you got to figure out a way to accumulate assets and you got to do it quickly. And then and then if you think that all right, we're never going to be able to be in play for the superstars, let's start figuring out what we can do with these two or three first round picks to build around the core we already have, and then just do that. And then of course the other option is just wait it out, and 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 that might be the one that Heat fans would hate the most. Right, is because the inactivity is what's been bothering them the most. So it's just it's a tough situation for Pat Riley and the rest of the, the team, playoffs. But it's one that they have to get. The playoffs will be a, a big factor, not only improving just how good Miami may or may not be, because I think this is the fourth year now. Look, there was the year of the bubble that was thrown off a little bit. There was the next following year where they were swept out of the playoffs by Milwaukee. Last year they go on another deep run. I think this playoffs reveals exactly what this team is. Are they an actual pseudo contender, or in a, and look? The statistic has been going around Twitter. I don't know if Heat fans have seen it or not. Their record is better than the Boston Celtics over the last few games since their four-game losing streak. That's pretty damn good. They're the ninth, they're the ninth given that, record in the NBA. This is a top-10 team in the NBA by record. This is they would be, what, third or fourth in the Western Conference um, at this point? Yeah, and they're fifth in the East, and they're right there. They have a shot at home court advantage in, in the first round. Absolutely. I, I And that's it, right? Like, this is a – it's a good team. It's not – it's not a top tier of the East team. They're not. I don't think it in the in the. In hasn't the, it been? Hold on, hold on. But hasn't it been again? I understand the Boston Celtics started off smoking hot. What if Miami goes on another? I don't know how many games they have left over the, after the All Star break. I can't do the math right now. But if they continue this trend, even if they're hideous, ugly three point wins, like they were last year, we're kind of forgetting this. I know the point differential is worth pointing out, yes. etc. They weren't exactly smoking teams last year, and it was enough. And I and again, I continue to remind people that I think this team David, if they do, has enough if they right do, now. You're absolutely right. Then you have a, you have a different conversation about this roster. But you know, I'm just I'm just trying to the, with the information we have now. They're an above average good basketball team, right? With with holes with holes on the roster, and so you have to decide. Okay, do you try to fill that hole with those holes with a superstar, or do you try to fill those holes with other kinds of players, but the one thing that does bug me is that this is a team that this is a team with holes, and the front office over the last eight months has decided that they don't want instead of trying to address those holes that they're going to hold out in hopes that a superstar comes to Miami. And my point is that it's not happening for them. That superstar is not coming because they're not in those conversations because they don't have the assets. So either so figure it out. What are they going to do? Because like I said, you can't just. They can't just do this for the next eight months either, David. Like you and I agree on no. that. No, again, so, I, I, I think, I think again, the playoffs will show exactly what version of the Heat team this is. Yeah, and then the offseason plan is to it, either swing for the fences, trade Jimmy, etc., make that big move right. that we're talking about, 
or the more complimentary role like player, a Collins or somebody yes. else, and see what's available. And, and look, this, this is not just this is not just for Miami. The playoffs show how good other teams are. Like, it, does the New Orleans Pelicans do they blow things up over there? Do they, you know, the other yeah. the Philadelphia 76ers, Maybe they're tired of PJ Tucker after a one year experiment. It doesn't work out there. Who knows? There's a lot of different possibilities. For sure. We just have to wait. Yeah. It's it's a frustrating. I understand the frustration for Heat fans. But you just have to bear in mind I mean, that no, things will change over the next five months. That's all. Yeah, that's all you can the trade deadline's over. This is it, right? Like this is the that's roster. Um, hey, we still got the buyout market. There's maybe things can happen there, and uh, that's always fun to talk about. Always fun to, uh, talking to you about the Heat, David. Um, we will be back on Tuesday with a recap of uh, Monday night's game against the Denver Nuggets. In the meantime, thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen. Every day. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Ring the bell to get notified as soon as new episodes go up. Now make your second listen game to game NBA every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked on can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked on NBA. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.